when it comes down to it, in this world, we all want one thing. We're all living <laughs> because we want life. We all do what we do because we want life. Think about it. What is at the core reason for what you do? Why do you get up and go to work, even on an off day? Why do you eat food each day? Why do you make sure you have a warm place to sleep each night? Because you want life. Why do you play games with friends? Why do you even make friendships? Why do you make families? Why do you watch movies and read good books and have hobbies? Because you want life. And this is why what God has done and what God has told us in his word is so important to every human being, to every person on this world. The God who started it all, who created it all, and who gives life to all things, gave us this word. And the message he gives us does not only promise life, but eternal life. My first scripture is 1 Timothy 6, 12 to 14 which says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called. We have, each of us, have been called to have eternal life in Christ. And we receive it by confessing, as it says in this verse, the good confession. Namely, that we admit that Jesus was and is the Savior of the world. That Jesus is the Christ. Because of him, we are saved from judgment and death. And we have assurance that we have eternal life. And this eternal life will come fully when Jesus appears again. And we get a glimpse of that uh, in Revelation, how, how God will cre- recreate the earth in Revelation 21, 3 to 5, which says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. This trustworthy and true saying is that when new life When eternal life comes, God will take away death, crying, sorrow, and pain forever. And he will make everything new. Our life will be eternal and even far better than the lives we live now. But do you notice the first command in the first Timothy passage? It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. As Pastor Danny has been pointing out over the past weeks, um, there is a battle we have to fight and have victory in. And here we see again that we must fight this battle to lay hold on eternal life. To have life, the thing that we're all working for, the thing that you want without even knowing you want it, 
we must fight. And this is a good fight of faith. And today I want to look into uh, my main scripture passage that talks about why ultimately we overcome, why ultimately we win the fight of faith. We will see that as we believe that Jesus has made us children of God, we will fight and win the battle of faith. So my scripture is in 1 John, 1 John 5, 1 to 5. And before I read it, I'll just explain briefly. Um, 1 John is a short letter written to a church that was going through some troubles because there were people that were once part of their church who had left their church, and they were preaching and teaching that Jesus wasn't actually the Christ, that Jesus wasn't actually a real human, that he was just kind of like a ghostly, spiritual thing. But Jesus was a real human, and they also were teaching that he didn't actually die for their sins. So this is why this letter so simply and clearly just states the truth of what we are to believe. So 1 John 5, 1-5. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So we see very clearly why we win the fight of faith here. The writer, John, plainly states that as we believe that Jesus is the Christ, and as we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we overcome the world. And if you notice, it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So if you catch that, it's a continuous overcoming. As you are believing each day, as you are fighting each day, you will overcome because you are a child of God and because you believe that Jesus is the Christ. So as we believe in Jesus, we will win the fight of faith is the main point. But why is this and what is it exactly that we are fighting against? And I'll answer first what it is we're fighting against because earlier in 1 John, we get a clear glimpse of what John means when he says the world. So 1 John 2, verses 15 to 17, say this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So very clearly, we're not fighting physically against the world. We're not fighting against existence itself or something weird like that. We are fighting against um, the spiritual darkness in the world. We're fighting against the sinful uh, nature that is part of the world and that was once part of us. And so it is clear that when... Uh, John is writing that you will continually overcome the world. He means that we will continually overcome sinful desires. We'll continually overcome um, uh, Satan and anything that uh, is not of the Father but is of the world. 
So coming back to the main passage, um, and this gets into the why we overcome. 1 John 5, 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. This sentence is essentially the gospel message in one sentence. It's the fundamental uh, teaching. It's the fundamental thing that makes a person a Christian. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. When you believe this, you are born again. It's very matter of fact in this book, which I love. You become a child of God. In, uh, just to see this further in scripture, John 1, 12 says, written by the same author, but as many as received him, so Jesus, received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So here, um, everyone who receives Jesus, receives who he is, receives what he's done, lets him be part of your life, has the right to become children of God. God transforms us as we believe into his children. The next verse says, they were not born of the will of man, or, <laughs> yeah, they were not born of the will of man, but be because of the will of God. So it's something that God does to us. So there might be a sentiment out in the world today, I've, I've seen it, that we're already children of God, since we were all created by God. While we were created by God, and that's true, we can see that from this verse, it can't be true that we are automatically his children because it says we were given the right to become children of God. So before that, we weren't. So it's true that we were created by God, but before we're saved, because of sin and because humanity originally chose to turn away from God, all of our spiritual state was not good. And we really see this clearly shown um, what we were like before in Ephesians 2, 3-5, which says, You loose, used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. So we see, again, the world, it's, um, when you're in the world and part of the world still, you just naturally follow all of the inclinations, all of the desires of the sinful nature. And whether you know it or not, Satan is at work in your heart and uh, working against and continually <laughs> leading you to more and more sin and commanding the powers of the unseen world against God. But verse 4, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. These verses show that we before were dead because of our sins. And God only gives us life when he raised us up with Christ. Before we become children of God, we are spiritually dead. The song we opened with has a line, uh, I was breathing, but not alive. And it's getting at this. Yes, we were walking around and eating food and physically breathing, but truly, we were dead 
because of our sin. We were dead because of our nature, because our very nature was subject to God's anger. We deserved God's wrath coming upon us. But God saves us from this and makes us completely new. Before, we were spiritually dead, as it says, but he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. We are made like Jesus, who is the Son of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person or a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So God changes and recreates our hearts as we believe in him. This is what it, is what it means to be born of God. God has made you a new creation. God has transformed your mind, transformed your heart, so the sinful nature no longer controls you, so that you are dead to sin and alive to him, as it says in Romans 6. And so this is why John so confidently in our main passage in 1 John 5, 4 can say, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. He knows that God has made us his children, and he knows that We've been made alive with Christ and that our hearts have been transformed. So naturally, we continually overcome the world, whenever, even though it continues to oppose us. Through believing in Jesus, we have become people who from the heart want God and his way more than anything else. And we will win the battle against the world every day because of this. The next phrase reinforces this, this and gives us another reason as to why we continually overcome. This, First uh, John 5, 4, the next phrase, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So here, the victory has already overcome the world, and this victory is our faith. So what it's saying is our faith is that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that we believe that Jesus has died on the cross, has risen again, has ascended into heaven. So we believe these things. Our faith has, is the victory that has overcome the world. And this is because Jesus overcame the world. Jesus overcame Satan and uh, sin. In 1 John, earlier in the book, 1 John, it mentions that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And Jesus came to give us freedom from sin. So, because of our faith, we already have the victory. Our faith has already overcome the world. Jesus has already won the victory. And because we are God's children with him, we have that victory too. The final phrase sums it all up as a question. First John 5 who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So that we see that we, as we believe in Jesus and we believe that we are children of God, we fight and win the battle of faith. And uh, faith and being a child of God go together because both, he says, he, he says both, whatever is born of God, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And then he says, he who overcomes the world is he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So we see these together.
So the next question, so that's the main point, that's what the passage says, but the next question is, how do we practically live this out in our lives? How do we cultivate our faith so that we can have this victory? How do we live in light of this truth that through believing we can overcome? So I have two principles to, to meditate on and to, uh, <laughs> to believe, and then a simple prayer to, to pray and to uh, help us in this. So the first principle, make sure you are believing who Jesus really is. First John and this passage make it clear that it is critical that you believe who Jesus really is. He doesn't say um, whoever believes in Jesus is born of God. He says whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Faith in Jesus is definitely part of our living, our life, but it's so important that we know the truth about Jesus, that we know what he truly has done. As I mentioned a main reason First John was even written was because many people who were once part of the church were now preaching against all these things. They were saying many things about Jesus that were not true. They taught that Jesus wasn't truly human, that he did not really die on the cross. But we see that it's important. There are specific truths that make our faith in Jesus the faith. There is only one. There are many people, and we can apply this to ourselves because there's a lot of people in the world today who say a lot of things about Jesus, and they'll say good things even, things that are kind of easy to accept. Oh yeah, he, he had a lot of good moral teaching in this and that. But they will deny core aspects of it as well. Usually today, they deny that he is actually God. And today, they still deny that he died and rose again. So, um, yeah, that's the first thing. We must believe that Jesus is the Christ, and we must believe that Jesus is the Son of God as we um, going. And this makes sense because just with any truth, believing anything that's false or believing anything other than the truth would be believing something like one plus one equals three rather than the truth that one plus one equals two. If you believe the false bit, you're going to have a lot of trouble with your finances. And you're going to have a lot of trouble, um, I don't know, getting to places on time. <laughs> You'll be too early maybe. <laughs> that kind of thing. So knowing the truth is so important for us. And that simple illustration lets you understand why. And so the second principle is live in the fact that you are truly a child of God. So I know from experience it can be hard to believe this sometimes and you, you get discouraged as you walk through your life and you might sin and this and that. But I think one of the main reasons as to why we don't believe it is we end up adopting ideas contrary to the Bible. And whether we get these ideas from our experiences or from our emotions or, or just kind of by osmosis, by listening to what the world says on the news or this or that or in books, um, we must choose to turn away from those false things and believe the truth that God truly has made us his children. And we do this by faith. Hebrews 6, 12 says this, Do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience 
inherit the promises. The promises of God are clear. He has made us his children. But we must imitate, we must similarly, by faith and patience, inherit these promises. By faith, we receive them and walk in them. It is a choice that we truly have the power to make. Uh, another way to kind of put this, this battle or this uh, way of thinking is, is another concept in Scripture of putting on the new nature. And I see this in Ephesians 4, uh, 21 to 24, which says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off the old, your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So here we see, because we know Jesus, so we have learned the truth that comes from him, therefore we must throw off our old sinful nature and put on our new nature and let the Spirit renew our thoughts and minds. We must walk in the fact that we truly are children of God. So we see that believing that Jesus has made us God's children allows us to win the battle of faith. And so third point, just a simple challenge this week. I challenge you to pray a very simple prayer uh, in faith. And the prayer is this. God, I believe that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God. May I fully see that I am truly your child. And yeah, as you pray this, as you seek him, he will open your eyes and enlighten your hearts. As we apply this truth to our lives, great things will happen. God truly has given us life in his son and victory in his son. We simply believe and live in the truth of who Jesus is and we will have this victory. Because as we walk this out, each and every one of us will walk in the love of God and obey his commandments. We will have victory over the world's ideas and over our own sinfulness. We will live with true joy and in true love for everyone and each other at all times. We all want life, and through Jesus, God has given us eternal life. And through Jesus, God has given us the strength, the fact, the uh, assurance that we will overcome, we will fight the fight of faith, and lay hold on eternal life. So let us continue to believe in the Son of God and walk in victory in every area of our lives. Uh, so I'll just pray uh, for us, just again, to op- for God to open our eyes to that and to accept that. Father, I thank you so much for who you are, and I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that we truly are your children. I thank you that you have transformed our hearts. You have written your law on our hearts. You have given us a new nature. You have created, you have made every part of us new so that we can live in eternal life, so that we can live in the blessing that you have for us here and when you come again. We thank you so much, Lord. We just pray again that you'd open our eyes and enlighten our hearts to believe this and to walk in this at all times. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name.